Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. Brought to you by Parker & Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Happy, 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 happy Thursday, baby. Happy Thursday, everybody. Coming up. We've got holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn's going to read the headlines at 3.30. We're going to interrupt. We'll be very snarky while we do it. Yeah. Uh, Plus, what do you do if a homeless person parks themselves in front of your home for two weeks? Uh, Hopefully not what this man did. We're going to continue to talk about that. But right now, let's talk elections. Ours certainly are over. Some people don't think they're over, but that's their problem. Um, The way that we vote might change during the next election. And our next guest, Maricopa County recorder, Stephen Richard, joins us. And he thinks Arizona could get some uh, faster election results if if they uh, if they take a look at some of his recommendations. How you doing there, Stephen? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back, guys. Happy New Year. Hey, happy, happy New, New Year, Year, man. What's your number one thing? Faster elections. You've got like, you know, 30 recommendations. You've looked over this. You're, you know, it's, it's something obviously we know you're passionate about, uh, reforming some of the election laws. Tell us one thing that would make it, uh, it, that would make people happy to get faster election results. Make early ballots early. We've gotten away from that. Early ballots are wonderful. They're great. They've been part of Arizona since 1992. Certainly don't want to touch that. But when you're dropping early ballots off on Election Day to the tune of 290,000 in Maricopa County for this recent general election, we still have to take those back. We have to signature verify them. We have to audit them. We have to send them to bipartisan ballot processing teams. We're not going to have those results within 24 hours. And so when that makes up 20 percent of the results, then for some of these close contests, you're not able to call it on election night. You're not even able to call it the next day or the next day. And so if you want to be able to call these close election contests within 48 hours, then you got to you got to make early ballots early. Okay. So what exactly does that mean? Does yeah. it mean if you OK, but they're already early. These are people dropping them off late. Are you going to tell them can't drop them off? Well, that's one of the things that I think should be considered, and it's something that a lot of other states, including Florida, which a lot of people point to, say you have to have your early ballot back to us if you're going to drop it off by Friday at the end of close of business day. After that, you can either take it to the recorder's office or another designated location, or you can vote in person like a normal voter on either Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, Hmm. but you can't drop off your early ballot just at any voting location. All right, we're talking with Stephen Richard, Maricopa County Recorder. How can we get uh, election results quicker here in the state of Arizona and certainly in Maricopa County? All right, um, how about, you know, a lot of people wanted to go and vote in person and actually feed the ballot into the machine. Um, should we, we didn't allow that before. Why are we allowing that now, and is that holding up the process? So. We allow that, but we only allow that on Tuesday, and I'm suggesting that we allow people to be able to feed their ballot into the machine on more than just Tuesday, Election Day. And I want to do that for two reasons. One, because people like that. Actually, I'm going to give you a third reason, too. Uh, Two, because that would help speed up the process. And three, because it means that some of this equipment, those on-site ballot tabulators, wouldn't run for the first time on Election Day, which, as I mentioned in this paper, that's that's a perilous system. 
system where you're running equipment for the first time on essentially the Super Bowl. Yeah, that wasn't really a good thing, that last look. we got to be honest with that. Uh, okay, How, now what's the pushback that you're expecting from some of these things? Because you know people can say, it's too many ways to cheat. There's too many things to do. I think nowadays you have to come at, all right, like, okay, these ideas I have, let's poke holes in them because you know everybody's going to come after, after me saying it's this or it's that. So what are those holes people are going to try to poke in this? Well, I think as to the first proposal, I think a lot of my friends on the left are going to say, hey, you know, we shouldn't be rolling back the opportunities to drop off our early ballots just because you're hearing from some some people on the right who are dissatisfied generally with how our elections have gone. To those people, I would say I would say it extends beyond that to a lot of just sort of normal Arizonans who feel like we got to do something different in terms of getting our results faster and it doesn't feel right or it hurts my confidence when I don't know the results within the first three days. Hmm. Um, see, I, listen, I think you guys did a good job. I know that there was a snafu. I, there's no question about it. We had a problem on election day. I get it. Uh, I know that wasn't uh, anything that you had to do with you. You do all the stuff pre-election day. Um, but, you know, I, there are people out there that, that, that don't trust. You know, there were some people that brought their own pens uh, and they wouldn't right. use the pens that you guys wanted them to use. And I always thought, you know what? Maybe that's why the printers didn't work. People were bringing their own pens and they they didn't trust your pen. Uh, and that's why, you know, there was, you know, these problems with with, with the printers. Well, the Board of Supervisors is going to look at that, and they're going to tell us definitively what happened. But you're absolutely right that a lot of people still don't have confidence in this process. And so one of the benefits that I believe in speeding up the time in which we get the results back is it gives less time for bad information to fester, and it builds confidence that, yeah, I knew before I went to bed or within 24 hours who who were the winners of these elections? And I think that when it extends over a period of days, it gives uh, rise to the, hey, I went to bed one night and Joe was winning, and then the next day Bob was winning. And, mm. and that that hurts our confidence level, I believe. Yeah. What's the temperature of getting any of these things done? you got to take the temperature in the room because, you know, uh, it's government, it's people. A lot of people get, I mean, there's a reason the FAA had issues yesterday because we've got antiquated systems, and to get anything to happen, uh, sometimes it's like it's, it's, it's moving a mountain. Have you took the temperature about maybe making some of these adjustments? I think there's an appetite to at least especially with the perspective to faster results. I, I think that there's an appetite. I think it's going to be like all politics and especially a divided government meeting somewhere maybe in the middle. But uh, this hopefully gets us started at least with a shared set of facts and understanding of how the process works. And then we can discuss the competing interests. And if we choose to stay in the position we're currently in, that's fine. We'll manage. But just don't expect the results reporting to be any different in 2024. And you know, again, that's a public policy conversation, but I just want to start in a good place and have a productive conversation rather than be talking about outlandish stuff that really does the voters of Arizona no actual help. Hey, Chad, I'm uh, surprised Richard's on the show because earlier last year I saw him on Twitter and he was asking for advice on fantasy football. He had the number one pick, <laughs> and uh, I said he should take a running back from Indianapolis. And How'd that he, work? He did, and uh, I think that guy played three games. Well, there you go. Sorry about that, man. Oh, uh, my goodness. I apologize. My I'm surprised. number one. Yeah. I was the number one overall draft pick, and I picked up Jonathan Taylor, and yeah. my team was – I didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, yep. that's on me, though. You get to blame me for that one. 
Yeah. Right. See, even the best, even the best in industry makes right. mistakes. But we, you know, we got to we got to change. We got to learn. We got to adapt. Fortunately, that doesn't have to go to the state legislature to get changed. I just won't rely on your advice. There. That's right. <laughs> Smart thing to do. All right, Stephen. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Stephen Richer, Maricopa County recorder. Okay, so there you have it. He wants to make some changes. He's got some good ideas. Hey, these late early ballots. I mean, this is one of the things I've been talking about for years. People get lazy. They get their ballot in the mail. And you know what it does? It sits on their kitchen table, and then they all of a forget. sudden... They thought they mailed yeah. it. All, oh, they panic, or sometimes they sit around and go, I'm yeah. still not quite sure. Right, and then they fill it out, and then they bring it down, and they drop it in the box, and it takes forever to count those votes. Yeah. And we, Look, if you're going to get blown out, it doesn't really matter, right? We all know that. You mean in an election? In an election. If there's a blowout, it doesn't matter, but a lot of our elections are so close because yeah. we're very much purple. Right. Uh, it takes longer. It does. No doubt about it. All right. Thanks, Stephen Richer, coming on the show. Coming up next, why are reclining seats disappearing on planes? We'll talk about it next on the Gatos and Chad Show. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Uh, yeah, before we get to the queue, uh, Chad and I were just talking about this. I, I'd be the worst traffic person in the world. Becky Lynn, you know this. My sense of direction is disaster. Is it? Like, if someone says, go west, I'm like, I would not. Which I love that band. Go? They're amazing. Just po- can you point? <laughs> really? It's on the Bob's house, yeah. right next to Jack in a Box, turn left. I can't believe anybody has uh, a problem with that living here where uh, everything is a grid. And I, it's pretty obvious which way is the southeast and west. Hey, uh, it's on the southeast, uh, southeast side of the street. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea. Is that, is like if I'm going towards you, is yeah. that the left? So is that on the right side? You know, what if I make a right on this? Then where is it? On the left side or the right side? And if you like a detour, I don't know how detour Dan does it. Like, you know. So you I, like I, the kind of details that are like, go past the Dairy Queen. Oh, and, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. It's You'd be so bad much too. Easier. Go down to the Jack in the Box. Wouldn't you be terrible? If you if you get to the bright greenhouse, you'll see. <laughs> I mean, you've gone too far. Gone too far. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's just you know we were talking about that while Heidi was doing the. Uh, the the traffic I'd be so bad at that job just terrible hey go east I don't know what that means <laughs> of course Anybody? if you're going east on the I ten you're really going south you see I don't get that I don't understand my brain <laughs> doesn't work that the, way I have no idea which sounds weird <laughs> <laughs> I'm going east but really I'm going south yeah. I don't even know what that means now confuse me you see when I drive with my wife she, you, you know you have to go left you have to go left. oh yeah I got it I got it I if if my if if my Google Maps isn't on, I'm not getting from point A to point B. Hmm. I'll get lost. I have no clue. You may that may happen if you do have your Google Maps on. Better be careful. Yeah, it's true. All right, you know you're in the middle of the water. Yeah, I'm the one that goes over the cliff. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the Gatos Q uh, on KTAR.com. New study says 13 percent of current childhood asthma, right, asthma cases, can be attributed to gas stove use. So, you know, the federal government wants to come in and take all of our gas stoves out Baloney. because now we've got kids with asthma. Uh, will you give up your gas stove for the sake of the children? <laughs> no. Yes or no? 78% say no. I don't care about kids. Uh, it's a baloney sham. If you look at the, the group. Do you think to, it is? Yeah. The group to put it together yeah. is super like against fossil fuels and all right. these things. Right. Uh, and they didn't do any scientific research. They just went and gathered a bunch of other stuff, extrapolated what data they needed, and then they voila, get rid of it. And and I heard somebody today saying, well, we're not talking about coming in and taking your oh. gas stove. But what we are talking about is in the future, uh, it's on the table that we might not let you build any kind of natural gas uh, you know, stoves or have any of those things. Yeah, no. And 
ask any uh, chef in the world, would you like electric or gas? They'll say gas. Yeah. My yeah. buddy said today, he told me, uh, they'll pry it out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> right, exactly. How is your kid getting asthma from when you turn the stove on? Is their face right on it? Are they inhaling all okay. the... I mean, I don't get it. I, I, it's, I never bought this study either. They're using it as a reason to say, look at this, fossil fuels See? are bad. How do you get electricity out of curiosity? <laughs> Last time I checked, unless we have a magic electric lightning bolt catcher, a vast majority of it is coal. Yeah, and this is why you know all these environmentalists they come up with all this stuff, and then they make me angry, and then I want to go turn on all the lights and use bad uh, light bulbs. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, they, I hate they just, bad light bulbs. They rub the me. Worst. They rub me the wrong way. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm serious. They're not serious in in the fact that they they come at it from such an emotional. Like, of course, we all want to be better for the planet. Yeah. How can we do it without ruining everything? Thing. Right, right, right. And you know, I don't think those the the flat top stove. I don't think that's pretty. No, it's not. Right, Becky Lynn, am I right? That's not pretty. The flat top stove. I yeah. love the flat top. No, no, stove. they're not pretty. Yes, they are. No, no, the grill thing that pops out of it. That's pretty. That you know, looks like a. That's what I want in my kitchen. I want you, something that looks like a stove. You know what you can do with the flat top stove what? when you're not cooking on it? What you just extended your counter space if you're careful. Oh wow! Yeah, you can just set stuff on it. Just now, do you prefer hmm. gas or electric? Well, I've never had a gas stove in my house. I've oh, okay. always had a So your food's not very good. Yeah, apparently, not apparently not. But I do know <laughs> that learning to cook with gas, there's like a bit of a learning curve. Yeah. Really? Gotta, yeah, oh, because yeah? it's so much hotter. Yeah. 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 So what you're saying is a gas stove cooks the food faster and better. I think it does. And then I could put it into my big face and eat it faster if, and I quicker. I will tell you that if, so I had, I like that if I had gas option at my house, yeah. I do not have gas supply line at my right, house, right. I would probably go for a gas stove. Yeah, yeah, of course you would. I would. Yeah. And plus it's pretty. Well, I don't think it's any Harder to clean, though, right? Yes. Okay. I would think so. Yeah. As What did your friend say? Pry it for my dead hands. Dead hands. I even heard Colbert, the lefty if the left said that blank you will take my gas stove. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up next, Becky Lynn has the headlines. We're about to interrupt them and uh, be a little snarky. It's holding up the headlines next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR, on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com, and streaming live on the KTAR News app. You're breaking news and traffic now. It's 3.30, and you know what that means. It's time for us to hold up the headlines. And with those headlines, here's Becky Lynn. At least five people died this morning after a series of crashes on the eastbound I-10 in the East Valley. First, it was an early morning non-injury crash, and then not long after that, four semi-trucks collided, causing some minor injuries and a fuel spill. And then in the backup from that accident, about 6 a.m., there was yet another crash. We believe a semi-driver not paying attention collided with other slowing vehicles. That started a chain reaction crash that involved people trapped inside. Bart Graves with DPS says that collision caused a fire that was fueled by hazardous materials, and at least five people died as a result of that. He says the investigation is still ongoing, and the freeway is still closed in that area. We'll get an update coming up with Detour Dan. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. So I'm cruising in this morning and I don't know, I could see the lights for, you know, a few miles and I'm thinking it's just road work, right? And then I get close and I say, oh, it looks like a truck, a jackknife. Then you could tell there had been some issues, right? Because they had closed the freeway. They're getting people off as, as you start to pass by it. I didn't know how bad it was. I just thought it was a 
you know, two trucks had smashed into each other. And then, you know, throughout the day, it had gone from, you know, a fatality of one to three to five. But it was a nightmare. And I couldn't even, and, you know, by the time I had passed there, there was still smoke and stuff going on. It, it, it was, it was ugly. Yeah. Uh, and they were, the fire was just out of control and it was so awful to watch and to see. Uh, and, you know, as Bart Graves said right there, one person wasn't paying attention. What does that mean? It was six in the morning, right, Becky Lynn? That's, uh, yeah, about when Fall that asleep. third one that probably or just Fall asleep. not were you realizing. Texting? Did you, were you just driving? And I, I don't know. You weren't paying attention. I don't know. Well, you know, sometimes when you're driving, if a person in front of you, all of a sudden you realize, oh, they're stopped. Yeah. Well, if you're driving a big semi truck, it takes a little longer. Or they are driving and you're behind them and all of a sudden they just zip over to the next lane oh, and gosh. you're going at a speed that you can't even adapt to. Yeah, five dead. It's just a horrific, horrific crash. It's terrible to see. We're holding up the headlines. KTAR, Eyes on Education. There's a major shift in direction and that is academic focus. Our state's new public schools chief, Tom Horn, speaking about the new direction for education. A top priority for state superintendent of public instruction, Tom Horn, is improving test scores. They're in a, in a grim state right now with two-thirds of students not proficient in math and 60% not proficient in reading. That's a terrible situation. We've got to bring the learning up. Horn also tells the Mike Broomhead Show he wants to shift the focus back on discipline instead of social-emotional learning. You cannot have good education if you don't have an orderly classroom. If, if kids are able to interfere with other kids' learning without consequence, that brings test scores down. Grisel Desatino, KTAR News. Sounds like he wants to teach the test and that's really about it. And if you want to just teach a test to get test scores up so you look better uh that's not what i want for for our kids they got to learn uh and they got well, to learn something other some test scores up i understand we do need that. to get some of i mean you know there's some uh, we uh, this last couple of years has been a nightmare we fared a little bit better than others but we've there, there's there's definitely a ton of issues you've got to get teachers to stay which means you got to pay them more yeah so he needs to worry about about that teaching the test i've never been a fan of that um, if you want, you know, there, there are how many vacancies, 2,500 classes without a, without a teacher. How many, how many classes don't have a real teacher? That's the other part of it too. Either it's a substitute or it's, you know, that Ducey plan where they brought somebody in who said, I can do this. And then you find out not really. So you got to kind of, you got to figure out how to pay teachers and keep them in the job. And if you can do that, then test scores will go up. Don't just teach the test. We're holding up the headlines. New this afternoon, we're getting new details about the man who was killed in an officer-involved shooting last weekend. KTAR's Colton Krolak joins us live with the details. Scottsdale police say 37-year-old Kenneth Hearn was a suspect in a violent sexual assault of a 70-year-old woman in October. Sergeant Kevin Kwan with the department explains officers tried to serve Hearn with a search warrant at a Phoenix apartment complex on Friday night. There was a gunfire from our suspect, Kenneth Hearn, and one of our sergeants, Sergeant Scott Galbraith, was injured. Hearn ran and about 20 hours later was shot and killed by Phoenix police. Scottsdale PD believed the gun found on Hearn was the same one used in the Friday shooting. Reporting live, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. What a piece of crap. Glad you're dead. You assault a 70-year-old woman. You sexually assault a 70-year-old yeah. woman. You deserve to go right downstairs, my friend. You ran, and uh, it, it's... How many times have we heard stories like the sharp yeah. running? You, you get involved. You play a stupid game. You win a stupid prize. <laughs> Who assaults a 70-year-old woman sexually? 
that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. An evil, an vile e- individual. Yeah. yeah. Who will not be missed. No, it is off no. the planet now, and that's a good thing. We're holding up the headlines. In an exclusive interview on Arizona's Morning News, Maricopa County Sheriff Paul Penzone reacted to the arrest of a detention officer who's accused of smuggling drugs to inmates. He says he expects higher standards and will implement stricter security. For the employees, I'm sure it's going to be quite an adjustment, but I just have them to embrace it because if you want this agency to shine and you want to be part of something special and exceptional, then you make sacrifices to prove that you're worth it. He adds that the drugs never left the parking lot. The detention officer is accused of not only possess, uh, possession and selling the drugs, but several other charges as well. Uh, I like that he came out and he basically uh, sounded the horn on himself and everybody else. I mean, that's what a leader does. They don't cover it up. They say, okay, we've got an issue. We've just fired a police officer, this guy, a, a deputy, if you will. He's bringing drugs into the jail. We're not going to deal with that. And he called a press conference and he and he you know, put a spotlight on it. A lot of other people would have tried to cover that up. And then a year later, we'd hear about it. And then we'd be talking about the cover up. I think we'd be surprised how many uh, how so many of these drugs get in there. If you talk to a lot of ex, uh, you know, uh, incarcerated people, they say, how else do you think a lot of these drugs get in there? And I'm sure it's a lot more prevalent. And it's the one time they caught him, just like everything else. Mm. How many times they didn't catch him or yeah. something like this? Holding up the headlines. KTAR eyes on the economy. The Valley's inflation rate hit 12.1% back in October, and that was the highest rate in the country. While that number dropped to 9.5% in December, it's still 3% higher than the national average. Valley economist Danny Court with Elliott D. Pollock and Company tells Arizona's Morning News that gap is because of our state's high home prices. Our median home price peaked in May of 2022, and it's come down substantially. He's forecasting a Another 10 to 15 percent drop in home prices this year. Yeah, well, what were we talking about yesterday? The median home price in Arizona is 475, something like that. Yeah. Right, yeah. 475 thousand dollars. That's still, even if it comes down 10 percent, you're still looking at probably 430 ish, 420 ish. I mean, there was a point last year where uh, your rent was out of control. Uh, if you wanted to buy a house, that was crazy. We had some of the highest gas prices in the country, yeah. and we had the highest inflation in Phoenix. In the country. It's a rough year last year. Yeah. Coming oh up God. next, uh, your coworkers like you more than you think they do. Well, explain these that. coworkers, but your coworkers. Yeah, yours, not ours. Drive home with the Gatos and Chad Show. Yeah, you better do that. Hey, if you've got the oldest AC, you can win a brand new high-efficiency AC with an air purifier, courtesy of day and night air conditioning. Text the word day to 41192 You can enter right now. Hey, you want to do that, right? Because it's going to get hot sooner rather than later. Message and data rates may apply. This is very interesting. So a new study came out from the Journal of Organizational and Behavior and Human Decision Processes. Uh, and Harvard and a few others got behind this thing as well. And we have a liking problem. And it's very interesting because when at first you're like, we have a li- oh, people don't like us. We overperceive how people like us. No, the exact opposite. We underperceive that people actually enjoy our company, in particular coworkers, especially when we're going to go meet with them the first time or we're going to work with them that we think, well, they don't like us. So inside the offices, what that does is people don't speak up. People think that nobody wants to work with them. And so it really hurts them inside of the office because, well, they're, well, you know, nobody likes us. So, so people in the office like us more than we think. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, do you, so many people just want to be liked. Yeah, so it's a huge you know? thing. It's I don't, a huge. Do you care? I don't, if you don't like me, I don't really care. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stoop and try. If you don't like me, you don't like me. It's yeah. okay. Some people like me, some people don't. Well, I think from our perspective, we live. We're in a position where we're gonna get a lot of people that don't like us. We're gonna get some people that do like us, and uh, uh, you know, so it, it's different. But if you think about it, if you go and you're gonna go, and a lot of the, they talked about is like people working in groups and stuff, and you go and you meet with somebody, and you think, oh, that went well. I'd like to work with you again, and then. You don't really hear from them. You think, well, they don't like me, and they underestimate. Well, no, maybe that person liked you. Maybe they're thinking the same thing. So they tell you little things like reach out first, tell them how good it was to work with them, uh, things of that nature. Because I, I get it. You know, I think a lot of people maybe think, oh, you know, even when you go on a date, well, I don't think they really like me or whatever. You just you don't know what other people are thinking, and but we do have a liking problem. People want to be liked. Yeah, but you can always. I always have a very gut feeling. About people that I meet with, um, if if I'm going to get along with them, if they're going to get along with me, and I pretty much know it right off the bat. I don't know if everybody's like that. I just get a really good gut feeling when I meet somebody. I sit down and I can tell. All right, good person. Or I could tell. You know what? Nah, you're shifty. I I could just tell. I just got. And you know what? Maybe my gut feeling is absolutely wrong. Oh yeah, I've had that. But, you know, what are you going to do? I've had that where I was like, hey, I don't think that person really likes me. And they find out, no, they actually do like you. That's just, they're just a little different. Mm-hmm. Right? right? I have a buddy, Raymond. People meet him. They're like, he's just awful. No. He's horrible. And I'm like, no, Ray's great. You got to get to know him. And then a year later, everybody's friends. Like, you know, the first time I met you, I thought you were just the worst person. He goes, yeah, I get a lot of that. It, it, but think about it in the workplace. When you go to work with people and, you know, you're going to be in, you know, working with a new boss or something, you feel a little shy. You don't think they like you. You don't think it went well. I mean, it's, I'm sure we've all had that. So you don't speak up. And you don't feel like you're a part of a team. That hurts you in the long run, especially when it comes to your earnings and things of that nature. You know, when uh, people, we're going to talk about this later. A lot of people still haven't gone back to work. A lot of people are still working at home. A lot of people are still Zooming. Um, It's not because, you know, COVID is running rampant. It's because this is how we like to work now. And you don't get that face-to-face with people. Right. You don't yeah. get to sit down with so many. I have so many friends who are still working from home and they still don't see many of their coworkers almost ever. And you know what else I was uh, to go along with this? There was a, a lady that's teaching a younger generation how to talk on the phone because they're scared to talk on the phone. And she charges $400 an hour to come into corporations to teach their younger generation how to make conversation on the phone because they don't get it. Mm. The, the they look don't on, like to talk on the phone They don't phone like either. to talk on the phone. And part of that is because they feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But you know what? Um, look on Becky's face. $400 an hour. I know. I'm sitting here calculating. What else could, what could I come up with? Well, the younger generation, <laughs> right. Like, I think, you know, us, you know, uh, we like to talk. To, I like to talk to somebody face to face. I yeah. don't mind a phone call. It's fine. Uh, but I think the younger generation, they've actually figured out. How to how to uh, communicate really effectively, not only over text, but if you're in the business, uh, uh, if you're in business, email, because there's a certain way to write email yeah. mm-hmm. to that's effective, that gets through to people. I really don't have that skill. 
Uh, but I'll a younger you generation it. struggles with that. Right? With remember, what? remember with like they're they're worried about the thumbs up emoji. Made him nervous because they didn't know what it meant. Yeah, but what, if did I, it mean it was good, it was bad, did it mean it was okay? And because you're you're trying to figure out what they're saying, and if there's not an emoji, then you're like, well, you go back to it. That person doesn't like me unless mm-hmm. they put an exclamation point. Hello. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's where the having the common bond of a human being, where you know who they are as a person, is a little bit easier. So I know if somebody gives me a thumbs up, we're good. But if I don't know you, is it good? Is it bad? That's the way they look at it. Where you and I go, who cares about it? It's an emoji. Uh, yeah, These right. emojis are so important now, though. Yeah, they are. Aren't well, they for everybody? No, it it is true, read. because it, sometimes we don't put the smiley face. Somebody might take what you wrote as legit when you were being sarcastic or, right. or you were... There's some no inflection. No exactly. There's, there's no way of, of, of hearing, hearing their voice in your head. Like, you know when it's somebody's birthday and then they go on your Facebook page or whatever and they say, Say happy birthday. Yeah. Uh-huh. If they don't put like an exclamation point, I think they're mad at me when they say happy birthday. I said it doesn't sound like you mean it very much. Where's my emoji of you know? Where's the LOL? Where's the lap? Where I don't. Where's, I, where's the, the card? Why haven't you donated to some right. thing that I'm not involved with? Huh? <laughs> right, exactly. I just I just asked for forty seven thousand dollars for the place that's this, this raising kittens. Why haven't you given any money? Well, there's eight bucks. Happy birthday. No period. No exclamation point. I'm like you don't care about whatever. Me. It's just so, yeah, we have a liking problem. I don't think that person likes me. Coming up next. What am I going to do with myself? (laughs) Hey, what do you do if a homeless woman parks herself in front of your home for two weeks and the cops won't remove her? I'll tell you what one man did. It's all coming up on the Gatos and Chat Show.